Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We welcome you to this Thursday edition of Budweiser's Weekday Sports. Be on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. Great to have you on board. A very short program tonight because the South Bend Cubs will get started at Dayton tonight at 520. So we've got about 12 or 13 minutes to talk to Danny Reed, the voice of Georgia Southern. And, of course, Georgia Southern is hosting an NCAA baseball regional, and the Fighting Irish are the number two seed in that regional. And if Georgia Southern and Notre Dame both win on Friday, they will see each other in a winner's bracket game on Saturday. And I knew Danny from his time with the Bowling Green Hot Rods in the Midwest League. So, Danny, good to catch up with you, and congratulations on a great Georgia Southern season. Buddy, I appreciate it. It's great to hear your voice again. You bet. Well, first off, let me ask you, were you surprised Georgia Southern is hosting a regional this year? The way that the season went, no, because the committee was pretty adamant that consistency was going to be looked at. And for Georgia Southern, they were a top 15 RPI team from early March on. They had a 2-5 and five start, but after rebounding from that, they really only had two other blips in conference play, dropping two out of three against Louisiana and then two out of three against Coastal Carolina. Outside of that, they really helped themselves. They went to Texas State and took two out of three, and that's two of Texas State's 12 losses all season. They're one of the four Sunbelt teams that's in a regional, being able to take games from Georgia, from Georgia Tech, sweeping a Mercer team that won 40 games this year, splitting with a Kennesaw team that won the Atlantic Sun. This team was predicated on its ability to go hard and their ability to play consistent defense. They're top ten in the country in fielding percentage, by far the best defense in the history of Georgia Southern baseball. And just being able to bring it more often than not allow them to not only get the 40 wins, but also have the ability to clinch an NCAA tournament berth without having to win the Sun Belt. And that's the first time that's happened since they joined the league. I was reading today that the bus was a little quiet coming back from the Sun Belt Championship, but things changed when word got to the bus that you guys were hosting a regional. Yeah, apparently the players were not in a very good state. And you got so many fifth-year guys who now have lost three times in a tournament championship game, and I don't want to imagine what that's like for those guys who came back specifically for a chance to win a Sunbelt championship. This year, though, they had to know that they were in. I don't know if they were fully sold on the idea that Georgia Southern was going to host, but about 90 minutes into the bus ride back, apparently on social media it comes out that Statesboro was one of the 16 host sites, and they went from one end of the spectrum to the other. They have been so excited since. We love talking to them and the media availability on Monday, and they can't wait to get it going tomorrow night. Danny, what does it mean to Georgia Southern for host a baseball regional for the first time? Well, it, it goes back to how much history there is with this program. Two College World Series appearances in 1973 and 1990. They expanded this facility to J.I. Clement Stadium. The name changed in 86, but they expanded this field in 2005 for the chance to do something like this. So really, you've got to think it's not just what the team has done this year, not just in the last 17 years since the expansion of the stadium, but this is a tribute to everybody that has worn the blue and white 
whether they've been a coach, a player, they were an All-American, All-Conference, or somebody that only got into a couple of games. This is historic, and it's probably the biggest event that's been hosted on campus since the 1989, 90, and 91 1AA football championships were held over at Allen Lee's Paulson Stadium. This is, this is a really big deal. Everybody's been trying to get the stadium to look in, in good a shape as it possibly can. We've got two amazing programs in terms of the Power Five that are here. UNC Greensboro had an amazing run to the Southern Conference Tournament, former rivals with Georgia Southern during the 20 years that they shared the league. It, it's a big deal for a lot of people that have followed this program for a long time. And I'm really excited to see the kind of atmosphere that gets created here this weekend, and especially if Georgia Southern can hold up with that number one seed and maybe get to the Super for the first time ever. The voice of Georgia Southern Athletics, Danny Reed, my guest here on WSBT Radio. Now, Danny, I grew up in central Illinois in Big Ten country, but I always appreciated Missouri Valley Conference baseball, and basketball. It's really good competition. You look at Georgia Southern being in the Sun Belt, you're surrounded by the SEC and the ACC, and I think sometimes unfairly, conferences like the Sun Belt, the Missouri Valley, don't get respected like it's not as good as some of these other Power Five conference teams. Can you put it into perspective, the competition level that Georgia Southern faced in the Sun Belt? Because it sure shows in the NCAA tournament, the teams were pretty doggone good at the top of that conference. Yeah, the way I can put it best is that this is the first time since 2013 that the league has gotten four teams into the regionals. We knew that Texas State was going to be in. Coastal Carolina had a rush towards the final six weeks of the season. We felt pretty comfortable about them getting in, even though a lot of bids were getting stolen over the last couple of days. And then Louisiana, a great program. They've been to Omaha. Of course, Coastal won the national championship in 16, but Louisiana went to Omaha back in 2000, but one of the best programs, not just in the state of Louisiana, but in the country. They knew that they had to win the conference in order to get in, and they did that against Georgia Southern this past Sunday. The competition level in the league definitely increased. There is a top-heavy aspect, but the top part, and you can even throw South Alabama in, they're not experiencing postseason this year. But this was a really good league this year, and the bottom wasn't nearly as bad as it has been in past years. And I think that something the league has really taken hold of is they've got to schedule up. They've got to know that if they're going to get in the tournament, if they're going to have good enough records and they're going to have their RPI respected, they've got to schedule up and they've got to have the ability to win those games. I talked about Georgia Southern being able to take down Georgia Tech and Georgia is the first time they've beaten both of them in the same season since 2014. Wow. And then the consistency that they showed from the beginning really helped them out. But for the league specifically, to get four teams in and also knowing that you've got a Southern Miss and an Old Dominion coming in next year as part of the realignment with Conference USA, it's only going to get tougher. So if you're not on board, you better get on board quickly. And if you have a strength with that program, you need to find a way to get even more out of it because it's going to be really difficult for this league, even though it will be a strong league, especially at the top half. Danny, doing some research on Georgia Southern baseball today, one stat really popped out, 24-6. and six at home how much of an advantage does georgia southern have hosting this baseball regional well, i could probably let you know that better after this weekend <laughs> they had of 10 straight they're they're going into the regionals with an eight game winning streak at home this is the most home victories they've had since 2009 the attendance has uh, complimented the the good play Georgia Southern set a season average attendance record since the park expanded with this weekend. It should break a yearly attendance record since the expansion back in 2005. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that with no more COVID restrictions, people don't have to feel like they're shackled or feel like they 
uh, can only let in a couple hundred people. Our restrictions didn't get lifted until last May, so it's barely been a year of full go at J.I. Clemens. And when you have Georgia and Georgia Tech come to you, you get the World Series trophy here. When the Atlanta Braves won it all last year with the College of Charleston in town for a midweek game, it is a way of blowing up your numbers a little bit. And it's, it's just fed the overall beast that Georgia Southern baseball has had probably its best season in nearly 15 years. They didn't back into a host opportunity, and I just hope that they can come out and play as well as they can and give these people something to cheer for. Danny, having been through a lot of regionals covering Notre Dame, one thing that's always fascinating to me, the decision that all the head coaches have to make, in particular number one seeds, you're going to take on a number four seed, and not to say the number four seed isn't any good, but you always have a decision to make with your best starting pitcher. Do you use them against a number four seed? Do you use someone else? You hope you win, and then you got that ace to start that winner's bracket game the next day. I've looked up some of the Georgia Southern numbers, and Ty Fisher, my goodness, really stands out at 2.87 earn run average this year. Is it fair to say he's the ace? And I'm wondering, is he going to be used against UNC Greensboro? It's a valid question. He is the ace. He's second of the conference in ERA after a really good stretch in the month of May. And, yes, he is going to get the ball tomorrow, in part because he is the guy and there's no reason to save him in what could be an elimination game if Georgia Southern doesn't hold up its end and take care of Greensboro, but that's Spartan offense that exploded the last month of the season. They had to win five games in three days to get out of the loser's bracket and win the Southern Conference. They beat Wofford twice on Sunday, and Wofford was probably in the field as of that final game. All they needed to do was win once, but unfortunately for them, Greensboro got the sweep. They're representing the SoCon. Their offense is hot as wild lately. Top five guys in the order of batting at least 330. They've got the league's player of the year. They've got the league's pitcher of the year, and they've got their single-season record holder for RBIs, batting at the top of their order. He's a freshman. Oh, by the way, the guy that's going to be starting for them threw 128 pitches in the first of those two Olympic games on Sunday. So he's going to be going tomorrow. But in this case, there was never any doubt that Ty Fisher was going to get the ball. He has been the guy, and he's got a chance to show that coming up 7 o'clock tomorrow night. What's interesting about Greensboro is some of those guys on that team were recruited by Notre Dame head coach Link Jarrett as he came from Greensboro oh, yeah. to South Bend. Got to ask you about the Georgia Southern offense. Boy, Jesse Sherrill's had a great year hitting 368 with a 492 on base, and it looks like Noah Ledford also equally as dangerous in that Georgia Southern lineup. Yeah, for Jesse Sherrill, hitting at the top of the order outside of five games this season, nobody's been really consistently able to figure out how to pitch him. He'll crowd the plate. He'll get hit a lot. He's been hit 17 times this season. The on-base average is nearly 500. He's been able to find that contact bat, especially going the other way lately. Good enough speed to have 13 steals, which leads the team. We've been calling him the Nat just because he's so pesky and teams haven't been able to figure out how to swat him. And I would imagine that a lot of Notre Dame people and really Spartan fans and Red Raider fans are going to find out what Nats really are over the course of these next few days. But for Noah Ledford to hit 16 home runs to bat 333 and to lead the league in RBIs. He had 12 of those in two games against UT Arlington to wrap up the regular season. He is exciting to watch. He's probably the Sun Belt's answer to Auburn, Sonny Deshera, except he bats from the left side. But people immediately stop what they're doing to watch what he does at the plate because they know he can change a game anytime he swings the bat. 
Well, I know you're a guy that loves to do a lot of prep work for these games. You've got 27 hours of prep work to go before you guys take the field tomorrow night. What are your overall impressions of this particular regional with Georgia Southern, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, and Greensboro? To be a one seed for the very first time, Georgia Southern did not have it made easy on them. And if you're the number 16 overall seed, that probably means you're going to get some of the higher end number two and number three teams. And Notre Dame coming here tells me that they were as close to being a host as possible. If their reward, I guess you would say, is to have the states for the first time ever. <laughs> but for a team that the Supers last year, Texas Tech's been in the College World Series four times under Tim Tadlock, and UNCG has tournament experience as well. Link Jerry took them to the regionals back in 2017. I don't see this moment being too big for any of these teams. Georgia Southern, though, does have to worry about playing in front of a lot more of its fans. All the games have been sold out for the week, and I know a lot of people are going to be back. They're so excited to watch this team host the regional for the first time ever, but I will say that the Eagles are the one seed here for a reason. They just simply have to play defense like they have, score with two outs, and then just be able to make the routine plays, and maybe they'll find themselves going to the Super. Really quick, Danny, a thought on your new head football coach, Clay Helton, the former USC headman, now in charge of Georgia Southern. Man, he's had a lot of work to do these last few months. He got hired back in November with still four weeks left in the season, but really genuine guy. They've recruited the entire state of Georgia multiple times. The roster is going to get turned over, new systems on offense, defense, and special teams. It's a tough schedule going to Nebraska this year, but hopefully Eagle football can find its way back on track sooner than later. I'm taking Georgia Southern and the points in Lincoln. <laughs> You're a wise man. <laughs> All right, there you go. There you heard it, folks, from the voice of Georgia Southern, Danny Reed. Danny, have a wonderful weekend, man. It's a lot of fun when it's tournament time for college baseball. There's so much excitement, and congratulations to you and the Georgia Southern baseball team for a great season. Let's hope for a very exciting regional down there at Georgia Southern with the Fighting Irish being a part of it, and, and I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to me about this regional today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. We'll catch up sometime soon. The Fighting Irish will take the field tomorrow at 2 o'clock against the number three seed, Texas Tech. Then it's UNC Greensboro and Georgia Southern in the 7 o'clock game tomorrow night. Good luck to Link Jarrett and the Fighting Irish baseball team down in Statesboro, Georgia. This quick edition of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Bee brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And by Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, please mention Sportsbeat to Tim and get a free gift with your free quote. Give Tim a call today at 232-9981. That'll do it for Sportsbeat. We're back tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Right now, South Bend Cubs baseball on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.